0: All right. Now, Kelly, do you have the demons, demons, demons database up? Got it. Go ahead. Okay. The demon we're looking for is kind of orangey, uh, lies constantly, and likes to rip small children away from their mothers and put them in cages.
1: Okay. Got it. And, oh. What? Is it bad news? Yeah. It's the president. The only way to defeat him is to vote the assholes who protect and defend him out of office. Oh, well, okay. Yeah, you know, that's doable. Yeah, but everybody has to vote. Like, everybody. Well, you guys heard the woman. Go, Go vote! vote!
0: Welcome to Still Dead. I'm story expert Lonnie Diane Rich of Chipperish Media.
1: And I'm researcher and Southern fried scholar,
0: Dr. Kelly Jones. And we're here today to talk about Angel Season 1, Episodes 15 to 17, The Prodigal, The Ring, and Eternity, all of which are skippers.
1: All right, darling boy, time to raise the stakes. In The Prodigal, we delve into
0: Angel's past as we see who he was before he was Angelus, a young Irishman named Liam with severe daddy issues. In the modern day, we deal with Kate's daddy issues with her father, who turns out to be a dirty ex-cop working with drugged demons. Angel tries to warn him, but the demon's vamp underlings kill him anyway. In the past, Darla turns Liam into Angelus, and he kills his mother, sister, and father, even as Darla warns him that he will carry the weight
1: of his daddy issues with him always. The Prodigal aired on February 22nd, 2000. It was directed by Bruce Seth Green, who also directed In the Dark, and will be back to direct just one more episode of Angel, Season 2's The Trial. The Prodigal was written by Tim Maneer, who wrote or co-wrote 16 episodes of Angel in Season 1 through 4. All right. So, The Prodigal. <laughs> How How'd that strike you, Kel? You got a lot of moments of perfect happiness in this one? You know what? I actually do. We got Um, a lot of
0: Darla, I'm thinking. Yeah, Yeah. we got a lot
1: of Darla, and um, that's about all I need to be happy. All right, so so let's get started. (laughs) What made you happy? Um, I really enjoy flashbacks in Angel. Mm Mm-hmm. I like seeing Liam and Angelus in olden days. I like seeing all the places and ways that he's lived and it's really intriguing to think about the transformation we see from Liam to Angelus to Angel. And if this episode had been all Angelus and Darla, I would have called it a watcher. Yeah, I don't know if I would have gone that far. It depends. Like I like the um
0: I like the the flashbacks. It's it's kind of fun to see that, but there isn't mm-hmm. an actual real like story going on there. And because of that, it kind of, you know, threw me off. Like, I if, if we're going to go back in time, I want there to be a real story there, like a reason why we're going back.
1: Oh my god, and... what are you,
0: like a narrative expert or something? Yeah, like, like... oh you know, maybe. I just like, <laughs> I, I like it when there's an actual story there. And a lot of times flashbacks <laughs> and backstory, it's, it's not really about what's happening in the now. And I think they tried to do that here, but didn't quite get it. But we're going to get to that Later, let's talk about moments of perfect happiness, like Christina Hendricks is the serving Christina
1: girl. Dina Hendricks? Damn oh my straight. God. Yeah. I was so happy to see her. Um, she is one of my major girl crushes, especially when she plays that brilliant con artist on Firefly. On Firefly.
0: Yosaf Bridge, right? Yolanda, Saffron, and Bridget. Yes. She has three oh, identities Safran. throughout the run.
1: God, she's yeah. so great.
0: No, she is really great. And I loved her on Mad Men, too. And I think that she's incredible and she's kick-ass. So it was really fun to see her.
1: Yeah, it was. And she had a really good line Mm -hmm. when she was talking to Darla about Liam. Mm -hmm. Um, She said, his lies sound pretty when the stars are out, but he forgets every promise he's made when the sun comes up again. And I like that contrast to Angel as we know him now. Mm -hmm. You know, hero in the dark. And vulnerable in the sunlight. Yeah. Like, I just thought that was,
0: that was kind of cool. It is. It is really cool. I enjoyed that a lot. It was really fun to see her. I always enjoy her whenever she shows up anywhere. Um, I also like Darla. I mean, I gotta tell (laughs) you, right?
1: (laughs) Oh, yes.
0: (laughs) So she's pretty fantastic. And we get, of course, our first darling boy. Yep. And this is the first I think we've seen Darla since uh, Angel and Buffy. Right. Episode seven of season one of Buffy. Right. That's the last time we saw Darla. So having her come back and being able to see, you know, um, Liam get turned into Angelus is pretty
1: cool. It was so cool. And speaking of a girl crush, (laughs) I will confess here and now that I love Darla Mm -hmm. and Julie Benz is amazing in this role. Darla and Angel work for me in this world so, so much. And I thought it was really funny when Darla um, said to that serving girl, I've never known God to be so generous. Oh, yeah. Um, because And again, I'm just kind of like still taking religious notes. Yeah. As mm-hmm. I watch these episodes. But I also thought that was such a Darla line. It is a Darla line. And it's really interesting, too, to kind mm-hmm. of see that... Um,
0: that resentment of God and of religion yeah. that sometimes yep. we see. And I think we do that a little better in Angel than they do over in Buffy as far as like yeah. addressing some of these these religious elements.
1: Oh, yeah, I think so, too. Yeah. Um, and, and I just think it's and again, it's I mean, the, the two worlds are interwoven, but they are two different worlds. And some of these stories are just stronger in Angel than they were in Buffy.
0: Mhm. Yeah. Which I
1: really appreciate.
0: Yeah. So. Um mm-hmm. I love this moment with Cordy where she's putting her birthday into the security system so that they remember it. Yeah. I thought
1: that was funny and when she said um so in 11 and a half months from now, I thought, "Wait a second. Does that mean her birthday was 2 weeks ago and Angel forgot because if so, that is great snark. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's how okay. I read that. I thought, <laughs> okay. I thought and that's absolutely. That's what I thought. Because she
0: was it, fresh it, off <laughs> of, you forgot my birthday. <laughs> Tell me
1: something I don't already know. <laughs> no. yeah. <It> just... <laughs> but she also, like, I don't know, one of the things I love about Cordy, she doesn't take it personally either. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know she doesn't pout and say like, "Oh, you don't love me. You forgot my birthday." She's like, "Look, dumbass, it, you're going to memorize this, you so you have no excuse." It. Next, exactly year.
0: that will never <laughs> yeah. happen again. Exactly, exactly. She, she, she is not whining about the past. She is preparing for the future. <laughs> like That's that corny. <laughs> God, that could be
1: Cordy's, like, tattoo.
0: (laughs) Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. This is a woman who does not dwell. Absolutely. Um, Okay, I got to say, when Angel was going out to avenge Kate's father's death, And Mm -hmm. he's, you know, there at the weapons cabinet and he's getting all of his Batman stuff and he's got his dual stakes under his thing and he's got the axe. And I mean, I love, I love when Angel, I love Angry Angel, I love Angel Batmanning, I love all of that stuff, all of it. I'm here for it.
1: Well, and I think this is when we start to see... Even the transition from angry Batman Angel into angry warrior Angel. Yeah. Which speaks to me even more. Oh, yeah. Um, And the music that plays, like Mm -hmm. when Liam rises from his grave as Mm -hmm. Angelus, is so fantastic. And the battle music when Angel is prepping for that demon fight and swinging all the knives and axes was so good. Yeah. And like the music in this episode was awesome. And I Mm -hmm. loved it.
0: Yeah, no, it was. It was really great. I liked that a lot, too. Um, And actually, here is a surprising, you know, favorite moment of perfect happiness, right? Uh. Um, Kate slaying the vamp. I uh. like when she goes there. <laughs> there I mean, I go. like when she goes there. I like when she's got the gun. She's like, I know this won't, you know, this won't hurt you, but this will. And she just slays him. She just, you know, pushes it through his heart which is hard i mean that's tough you know that's a that's a slayer thing an average person you know cannot necessarily do that so i kind of really liked um i liked that fight i liked angel coming in with his weapons the whole batman getup. um Mm -hmm. you know throwing the axe up in the air while he double stakes the other vamps and then catching the axe i mean it's It's showy, you know? Yeah, (laughs) it was good. I liked it. I thought it was really good. I'm usually not a big fan of the fight scenes. The fight scenes to me look like the same thing kind of over and over and over again. Um, Mm -hmm. But I really liked that.
1: I liked all the showmanship of it. It was really fun. Yeah, I did too. But then it also really got me thinking because Mm -hmm. lost potential (laughs) drives me crazy. And now we see Kate, you know, now that she has this awareness of demons, We know she's got some good research skills. Yeah. We now know she can fight well enough to stake a vamp. And Mm -hmm. she's a cop. Yeah. So, like, that could have been an incredibly good character role to have on Team Angel. Like, there's so much they could have done. If she was
0: like, train me. Teach me how to fight these guys. I want to kill them. Like, yeah. Well, I mean, what doesn't happen? We can't. You know, we know. can't dwell. We got to be courty about dwell. it, right? We got to pick That's up right. and move on. But it is it is a, a lot of lost potential there because that was a great moment for Kate. And I yeah, really, really it liked was. that. And I also love Wesley doing Demon CSI, right? But he's wearing <laughs> that like 19th century doctor's head mirror thing. You know what I'm like? <laughs> They have their, there's electricity now. You can
1: have like a little, you know, head gear flashlight or whatever. <laughs> like, but that was the one that they gave him for graduation at the Watchers Academy. Oh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> it's sentimental value, right? It has to come from a specific dusty area of a specific dusty storage facility.
0: I guess so. I guess so. But I was like, mm, why do we, why? You know, there's, there's lights. <laughs> like, why? Why? Why do we got to have the head mirror? But it was cute. It was really cute. And I liked him doing all of the science and everything. It's it's really fun to see Wesley do that. Yeah. It I was. I like that. I really yeah. like that, too. So
1: what do you have to stake? Okay. So the first thing I'm going to stake is about Kate. And it's not even not liking her. This is very specific. But Kate refuses to define her terms. Oh, man. When yeah, Angel says... to piss you off, that's it. Oh, my God. Like, Angel says demon, and she says, oh, no, I can't handle the actual terminology. Just say evil thing, okay? <laughs> no. No, this is not okay. Because words have fucking meanings, and not all demons are evil, and there's a reason that we call cats cats and dogs dogs, and things need to be defined, God damn it. It. and uh, you know, uh, if you're older than seven you should be able to handle some level of complexity in ideas and yes. have a schema that is bigger than just good and evil right pretend thing real thing person <laughs> demon like oh my god kate right. come on right so Yeah. She is a woman who refuses to define her terms, and I have no tolerance for that. Yeah. No, I know that makes you crazy. Define your terms (laughs) is something that's going
0: to be on your tombstone. Damn right. (laughs) Define your damn terms. Yes.
1: Yeah. And right underneath that, it'll say still dead. Still dead. Right. No, I know. (laughs) Oh, man.
0: Well, one of the things, of course, that I also wanted to stake. Was Kate mm-hmm. <laughs> this moment where she's like, "We don't get personal. I'm not your girlfriend," and I'm like, "Oh, for God's sake, Katie was being a
1: friend. He wasn't asking you out. Slow your roll, <laughs> you know." Yeah, but again, does she not know the definition of girlfriend? Because <laughs> <But> she's <laughs> I've never like, seen Angel act like he thought she was his girlfriend, unless been. they are making out off-screen in ways that I can't pick up on. Reading this text, I like what yeah no. <laughs> and that's the I, thing he's not
0: hitting on her he's not you know making eyes at her he's not doing anything you know and i mean yeah. she's just like and she's so mean to him and then she's like i'm not your girlfriend as though she resents the fact that she's not his girlfriend and the thing is like every line they give kate contradicts everything else And mm-hmm. this whole thing i don't know it just
1: it made I me know. crazy
0: i hated it that was awful. whole thing
1: it was awful Awful.
0: Yeah. And then later on, you know, when she says my father was human and you don't know anything about that. And I'm like, no, of course he wouldn't because he wasn't human before he was turned vampire. He hasn't <laughs> been around human for 240 years. I think maybe he might know a couple things about being human. He might know some things. So yeah, I don't know the whole thing. It's just uh, Kate just got on my
1: nerves. Oh yeah. And her dad was oh, such God. an asshole. No, he's and terrible. then but but I did kind of feel bad thinking, well, she gets it honestly. Yeah, yeah, true, you know? fair enough. But God, he was he was awful. Mm-hmm. And then I feel mm-hmm. terrible for this mm-hmm. because you know how much I love Wesley. I know. But but blind love is not good for anyone. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> and, Absolutely. And And there was a moment in here when Wesley needs to have his good-looking British ass whooped. (laughs) And so, I'm sorry, child, but you were so far out of line. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, he's talking to Angel about Kate having a difficult time accepting that there are demons that we're gonna not say the word Mm -hmm. um and he says i think you'll find most people require some period of adjustment after being confronted by the dark forces that surround us women in particular struggle with this and and my brain blew up i was like what in the holy fuck is this misogynistic shit doing coming out of wesley's mouth it's not wesley it's that not is Wesley. Not consistent with anything that we know of Wesley, no. But you he know? wasn't under some spell this time, and no. he wasn't, you know, distracted by an alien super sex thing. And like, they were very British words coming out of his mouth, and yeah. it sounded like him. But women I, in particular, like, yeah, I was like, Wesley, honey, mm-hmm. I love you, but we're about to throw down. Yeah. So, I was just
0: especially like, because let's not forget. Wesley went to the Watchers Academy, right? What does a Watcher right. do? A Watcher Watch- assists a slayer, slayer who is a woman uh, yeah, who like, somehow finds a way hell? to handle this stuff pretty well. So, yeah. and, and also the fact that he's like, every now and again, they give Wesley these things to say that just
1: seem completely out of character for everything right. else we get from him. Not to mention, he works every day with Cordelia. Who right, is like badass of badass in the face of supernatural yeah. forces. Yeah, and, like it was so. He worked with Fate. Blatantly he bad. worked with Buffy. Yeah, Uffy. he worked. He with was fate. around I mean, Willow. Yeah.
0: Off screen, he so. married Willow. But of course, that's that's Alexis <laughs> Denisof. So he's. It's not his fault. It's not denisov's fault. Um. So yeah, no, that was I don't know out of nowhere.
1: Yeah. I had to rewind yeah. it and go back and make sure I actually heard it. The And yeah. then I was just so filled with rage. That- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, what the hell that? Oh, my God. God. Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah.
0: Like, whatever. And I mean, the thing is, like, it's just not, it's not really consistent. You know, Mm-mm. every now and again, they'll, like, they'll give him one of these lines. And I mean, you know, Alexis Denisov pulls it off, but it's still weird. Right. It but doesn't it was, seem yeah. to belong with the rest of it. Yeah. No,
1: it did not. So. It's not
0: consistent. Anyway.
1: But but even right. though I love him, I have to when it's time to stake, baby, we gotta stake.
0: No, absolutely. You gotta call him on it. You know, I mean it's it's in the text, which means that whether we like it or not, Wesley said it. So
1: yes, you know. Exactly.
0: All right, so let's move into research mode. All right. Okay. What do you have for research mode in this?
1: Well, I may or may have not overthought destruction <laughs> of this. I love it. That's my favorite part. <laughs> A little bit. But Once this idea got in my head, I could not get it out. So, um, we see Darla turn Liam into a vampire. Yeah. And we actually see the whole process Mm -hmm. for the first time, which we have not seen before the way that we see it here. Yeah. And she bites him, she drinks his blood, and then she rakes her nail across her, you know, cleavage, Mm -hmm. and then embraces him and holds his mouth down to her. Yes. And it was this, like... Number one, it was incredibly sexy. It was also somehow maternal, mm-hmm. given that it it almost is this, you know, visual of breastfeeding. Yeah. And it was so intimate. And then it got me thinking about the way that this has been represented in Buffy and Angel, mm-hmm. you know, in that moment of siring. Yeah. And so we're going to see this same action later from a female vampire when she turns somewhat, mm-hmm. cutting across the bosom, the embrace, the feeding. Yeah. And then we're gonna see examples from male the male side later mm-hmm. where they feed from the wrist. And so like and we didn't actually see the moment when Angel sired Pin. So we don't know mm-hmm. how that was done. Right. But in a show where everything has significance, it seems to me that the part of yourself that you give to the vamp you're siring to feed from has to mean something, right? Mm-hmm. And you know, different vampires have very different personalities, but we see the same body part, you know, used kind of divided up by gender. But we don't have a big enough sample to like have a complete data set there. <laughs> to have um, a complete like, data set. <laughs> well, we do I don't. love you. <laughs> three, you know, two is a repeat, three is a pattern, and right. really, I would like a sample size of at exactly. least like twelve. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't. Have, we see, see more we examples. Can see how it's done. Right? Exactly. We gotta um, find the
0: PowerPoint at like the the you know yearly conference, the yearly yes, Vampire Con, right? Exactly.
1: We can yeah. we can do a uh, an analysis of yeah. this, but but it and and like feeding from the wrist is so much more distant. Mm-hmm. Like you could turn someone and barely touch them. Yeah. Whereas the other way we see it is a complete embrace, and it's it's very. You know, intimate and nurturing. And mm-hmm. so it got me thinking about like the sire connection itself. Mm-hmm. Is that sexual? Is it emotional? Is it paternal? Is it some mix of the three? Because if you're a vampire and you sire another vampire, you're choosing to share some kind of a connection for a really, really, really long time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it makes getting married look like it's for amateurs. Yeah, like, right. A long time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And it it has that blood of my blood kind of poetry to it. Mm-hmm. And so I'm just really wondering how, like, what determines the process for that? Mm-hmm. Is it individual by personality? Is it gender-based? Is there something else? And I really wish we had more examples to go yeah, from there. Yeah, it does Because seem... I want to know what it
0: means. Right. <laughs> it does seem somewhat sexual, you know, because yeah. it's, it's like, you know they drink your blood, then you have to drink their blood, that mm-hmm. it has this sort of reciprocal in order for the the ritual to be finished, right, in order for that right. to be complete, um, then there has to be some kind of reciprocal thing, right? Right. right. Um, well, and, and so that it, and kind of has a sexual sense to it.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's a taking of self and a giving of self. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and it's, it's very, you know, personal. And, and then the kind of sire couples that we've seen, you know, Darla Sire's and jealous mm-hmm. they're together sleeping together for a long time yeah and drew sire spike and then they're mm-hmm. together as a couple for a long time mm-hmm. so it's not a clean paternal thing yeah um but i'm just i'm really interested in what that means um for the characters and for the story mm-hmm. and of course i have no answers no but yeah i don't I'm think curious. that we have
0: enough but it's always mm-hmm. an interesting question
1: yeah you know yeah. how they so do so what that, about yeah. what about you what is your Research question. You know, honestly,
0: it wasn't really about like the text or the story or anything like that. It's this, it's Kate. Kate is is bugging me like as a (laughs) as a narrative thing because you know one of the things that I teach in in writing is that vulnerability is so you know essential to connecting with a character right Um, and that when you bring in a character's vulnerability that's how we as as viewers connect with them or as readers right because everybody Mm -hmm. who engages with a text be it written or visual or whatever it's all readers because you do have to um, have to be active in that process. is too passive you know you are a right. reader when you're engaging with the material and trying to figure it out right so as you read you know angel as we as we go through this you know this first season with kate it was all like she's you know she's got all these strengths and she's got all these weaknesses but she did not have any vulnerability and here in this episode and in and, and sense of sensitivity we had it too that there's this vulnerability around her when it comes to her dad Right. Um, And Mm -hmm. even in Lonely Hearts, I think we were supposed to see her as being vulnerable, even though she was really playing up the act. But we don't know how much of that is, you know, playing it up or whatever. And vulnerability is really effective in, in making us connect with characters. But I still don't care. Like, I still hate her. I still don't care, even when she's vulnerable, even when she finds her father, they're dead on the floor. Like everything. You know, I don't, there was the moment when we see her, she's, you know, in the room with her father's body, you know, she's curled up in in the corner, just kind of sitting with her father's body. And you can see you know the the tears on her face and but her eyes are wide and shocked and dry and um and i there's a moment there when i'm like okay you know i kind of have a little bit of sense of her vulnerability and then when we see her she comes in and tries to attack these guys who killed him and she stakes the one guy and i'm like that's awesome you know but mm-hmm. i still it's just not enough and so mm-hmm. i'm i'm trying to look at her vulnerability <laughs> Um, and understand why her vulnerability still fails to engage me, you know. And I think it's that you can't just drop vulnerability in, you mm-hmm. know. it has to be, I think, believable. And it also, like, if if the character is so, and I don't even want to say unlikable because likable is not really a thing like right. you know Spike in Buffy season 2 not a terribly likable guy but damn he's compelling like you know you're yes. interested in him and he's vulnerable and he's you know like all of these things right so what is it about Kate that even makes vulnerability like doesn't it doesn't work for her for this character and I'm I've been trying to kind of sort that out so for me that's like the big Question Is it just that she's so incredibly unsympathetic that even when she's in this incredibly vulnerable state, you're still like, whatever,
1: I don't care? Well, I was trying to think about that, um, and I don't know that unsympathetic is even the right word because Mm -hmm. for me, I think I can work with anything except boring, yeah. And Kate bores me to death. Well, Mm -hmm. she bores me and she annoys me. Yeah. And those are the only two emotions Mm -hmm. that she brings forth. So boring and annoying? No. Yeah. No. And, like, even a character I love to hate can make me feel something. Right. Mm -hmm. Right? There's, like, a moment. I mean, even Riley on Buffy Mm -hmm. and Alex on Grey's Anatomy Mm -hmm. and Cyrus Bean on Scandal have their moments. Yeah. Yeah. And so I'd, I wouldn't write them out of the show mm-hmm. if I had the chance to, because even if I don't like them, even if I start out hating them, like Sky on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., mm-hmm. um, and then grow to love or start out loving and then have to despise, like ward on angels of shield um (laughs) i still enjoy watching them and i'm intrigued by them because even if i don't like them they're still interesting yeah Mm -hmm. but kate is so boring that i just don't care and i just don't want to watch her is it also that she's i think i think for me what it comes down to is that i don't believe
0: her i think it comes down to believability like first of all she's so inconsistent from one moment Mm -hmm. to the next you don't know how she's going to respond or what she's going to do or how she's going to be she's hot she's cold she's cold she's she's cold. She's hot she's cold she's cold you know and like you never really know what's going on with that so for me like I I think that it's just I don't believe her as a character so having Mm -hmm. to overcome that barrier because she's not consistently written she's not written as a character she's so incredibly flat and she is really boring that we just don't get enough from her to feel like she's a real girl
1: right is that is that i think think it's believability i think it is because when i feel annoyed and bored in a story then whatever's going on doesn't feel real right in the sense that it feels emotionally real yeah because
0: even riley like i hated riley you know but but i I I I believe
1: like yeah i believed him and i understood his perspective Mm -hmm. i could describe Riley's strengths, weaknesses, and vulnerability. Yes. Mm-hmm. I could not do that for Kate because it varies by the episode. Yeah. Yeah. And even when it varies, it's not, it's just not deep enough. It's not, it doesn't feel real. So it just annoys me. Yeah.
0: I mean, and this was the closest I got to liking her and it wasn't the vulnerability. It was the badass. It was no. when she goes in and she stakes that vamp, like that's badass, yeah. you know, and I that really loved seeing that from her,
1: mm. you know, and
0: I just got, you know, and I keep saying it, but God, how I wish they had, yeah. you know, they had gone and had her like, you know, tailing Angel and just being like, I want to learn. I want to learn. I want to learn. Mm-hmm. And he's like, no, I must keep you safe, you know, or whatever. Right. And uh, yeah, so I don't know, like, I really would have yeah. liked to have seen her wanting to learn
1: from him, you know? Well, and you know, it really speaks to a lack of curiosity. This is a woman yeah. who thinks in black and white and does yeah. not ask questions.
0: Yeah.
1: Um. Or at least not interesting questions no. but yeah she's closed minded and she's closed off mm-hmm. and it's just not um engaging yeah so yeah, yeah I right. know. i think it's it's just shorthand to say i don't like her but the truth is i don't care yeah i don't believe her i don't believe her as yeah. a character
0: and so she just bores yeah. me when she's on the screen
1: um okay so what else what are the questions you got all right so i have two one is super short and one is um not okay so <laughs> So we have the idea in this episode of demons on drugs, right, right. Mm -hmm. And I have questions about this, but because the third episode we're talking about today also talks about demons on drugs, Mm -hmm. I'm going to save that for our discussion of eternity in a few minutes. All right, we'll push that down the road a little bit. Yeah. Okay. But this other research question I have is kind of messy because Mm -hmm. it's messy in my head. Okay. But when uh, when Darla. Turns Liam mm-hmm. into Angelus. First of all, I want to know, did she name him right then? Because we didn't hear that. No. So I'm really curious about when and how he became Angelus. Mm-hmm. I want to know that. Um, but he goes and kills his father. And she comes in and finds him, you know, having killed his, his dad. Mm-hmm. And sh- and she's like, the contest is over. And Angel says, I've won. And she's like, are you sure? Mm-hmm. And Angel talks about, you know, proving that he had the power there Mm -hmm. and Darla says your victory over him took but moments but his defeat of you will last lifetimes what we once were informs all that we have become the same love will infect our hearts even when they no longer beat simple death won't change that oh god have I mentioned how much I love Darla yeah but (laughs) so we have some answer there Mm -hmm. in terms of previous personality influencing you know current personality and we also have a sense of darla's experience and understanding Mm -hmm. of humanity and her age and like i like that she's not just a pretty trouble-seeking vamp yes Mm -hmm. you know this is an incredibly smart deep woman and i like how she how she sees things yeah she has an incredible
0: amount of wisdom which i really like from her
1: she does and she has a lot of depth Mm -hmm. and I tend to snark at the daddy issues trope. Yeah. Um, especially because, for whatever reason, so many of the fictional male characters I'm attracted to have them. But
0: because it's the only like, way they make men vulnerable. It's vulnerable the daddy I guess. issues, they're all like, over the place. Yeah.
1: Like, I'm looking at you, Loki, <laughs> and you, Grant Ward, and Leopold Fitz, and you, Dark Wesley. Mm-hmm. But, like, I've realized I honestly don't have a deep understanding yeah. of the issue there Mm -hmm. so like I have some serious issues with my father but they don't feel the same as the stereotype that I see in story Mm -hmm. and so I'm wondering about this this what we call these daddy issues this tension or conflict between fathers and sons and is it about approval or not feeling accepted or loved or safe or having to prove your worth is there an inherent power struggle between fathers and sons and Mm I really don't know. And I'd like to learn more about the male perspective here, because especially as the single mother of a grown son, I don't even have any experience co-parenting with a man. Mm -hmm. So I can't see fathering through that lens either. And I realized that I'm like trivializing something in a story that I actually don't have experience with. Yeah. So listeners who have thoughts on this I would love to hear from you because I really want to learn
0: yeah no I think it's really interesting I think I I get tired of it because it does feel like the daddy issues is is the go-to vulnerability for men like it's the mm-hmm. only vulnerability they can have you know it's got to be daddy right. issues and so after a while it gets a little bit repetitive because there are plenty of other places from which to pull vulnerability you know um, and yet with a lot of these heroes you know we end up with the the daddy issues which is kind of mm-hmm. you know a well from which we drink quite a lot um, but yeah I would really actually love to hear from, uh, from the men in the audience who maybe can have a little more more insight into, into what that's about. I mean, I you know, from from my perspective, and this could be completely wrong, I, I feel like we have this thing in our culture, in Western culture, which is, you know, likely passed down from father to son, which is, right, that men are not supposed to express emotion, right? Mm-hmm. So... At at an early age, is it that you deal with a father who has shut off their emotion, but as a young boy, you have emotions and you feel them, you know, and but the the modeling that you're getting from your father is to shut that down, right? Maybe. And then that can sometimes, you know, run on a spectrum from, you know, emotional unavailability downright to abuse, which is, you know, we see everything along those lines. We've gotten a hint of that abuse uh, from uh, from Wesley's dad, you know. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, I I that's the only thing I can think of. Like I have no experience of raising sons, you know? Mm-hmm. Um um with a man I've I've raised uh two daughters. Yeah, I don't know. Like I don't know what mm-hmm. that specific experience is. And um and my daughter's uh dad, uh his dad is a wonderful man, completely emotionally connected, and that's probably the um father-son relationship that I've seen closest, you know, cuz mm-hmm. I had a brother but my father died when we were very young. So I never really got a chance to see that play out from that perspective. Um, so really, I've only had close up, you know, interaction with one father son relationship. And it was loving and kind and emotionally open and all of these wonderful things. So I haven't seen it either. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I think that's really interesting. And I'd love to get some feedback on that because I'm really I'm out of my depth there, too.
1: Yeah, me too. Yeah. So, and and it's just one of the things I appreciate about Angel because it makes me stop and think, oh, I need to learn some more before I decide what's going on here. Yeah, So yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. L- Listener feedback, come, come inform us. I <laughs> would love to hear it.
0: Alright, yeah. so that leaves us with one to brood on for the prodigal, and it's fun to see Angel's history, you know, it's always a joy to spend time with Darla. Um, but overall, the prodigal, I don't think does much in the way of storytelling. We get this kind of reflective daddy issues storyline with Kate in the present and Liam slash Angel in the past, but a Aside from them both being about, like, disapproving fathers, there isn't much more to reflect on those stories. Like, there doesn't seem to be, like, a full story arc, really, in either one. They both feel more like just vignettes, you know? Um, Right so while it is fun to see angels past and i always like kind of getting that history it doesn't really mesh well at least for me with the present day kate story which is also kind of a bit of a snooze because i don't really care that much about kate um Mm -hmm. so there's some good moments but aside from getting to see what happens in angels past i don't think there's much here just worth watching and so that said let's move on into the ring
1: In this Angel episode that I had canon inspired Thor Ragnarok's Grandmaster in the gladiator fighting prison, Angel is hired by a man named Darren to investigate the loss of his wayward brother Jack who's been kidnapped by demons and sold into captivity to a secret underground fight club. Angel goes in search of Jack, but Jack and Darren actually set Angel up so they could imprison him in the fight club. They knock Angel out and he wakes up enslaved, wearing a wristband that will kill him if he crosses the Fight Club slave line. Jack tells Angel the band only comes off after Angel's 21st kill, and that Angel will be disintegrated if he doesn't fight. Angel is forced to kill the first demon he fights, and while Cordelia and Wesley work on an escape plan, Angel manages to grab Jack and threaten to kill him if Darren doesn't let the demons go. But Darren shoots Jack in cold blood and sells Angel's contract to a lawyer from Wolfram and Hart. Lila offers Angel his freedom if he stops interfering with Wolfram and Hart's wicked deeds. But Angel turns down her deal and goes back to the Fight Club prison. Wes and Cordy figure out how to get the wristband off Angel. The fighters unite to kill Darren. And Team Angel releases a bunch of demons from captivity to roam free in L.A. Because helping the helpless is how they roll. The Ring aired on February 29th, 2000. It
0: was directed by Nick Mark, who only directed this one episode of Angel, and written by Howard Gordon, who also wrote Expecting and Hero. This will be the last episode that Gordon writes for Angel. And I have to say, it's a good, it's a good story. It's mm-hmm. it's like, I think a good episode of Angel, I think it tells, a, it's a really competently written story, like it escalates at all the proper beats, the narrative lines are straight, the, the lines of conflict are straight. Um, And so for me, like from a purely narrative point of view, I think it's a really good episode. I think there's a lot of good stuff in here, you know, Um, but at the same time, it has never like... Magically grabbed me Where I'm like oh my god that's a great episode of Angel I think it's a good episode of
1: television I'm not sure it's a great Uh episode of Angel So initially I agreed with you And when we were labeling skippers and watchers I was like ugh wrestling ring Skip it Because I'd only watched it once And I didn't expect to like it Like I hate stories about slavery And prison and I hate violence And wrestling and boxing And cage fights all that said, this is actually a really good it episode. It is, right? It, it really is. Yeah. And I ended up feeling about this the way I feel about The Hunger Games. Oh, yeah. Because I really admired the way that Angel tried to unite the enslaved demons yeah. to work together. Mm-hmm. The way he held on to his core self mm-hmm. under terrible circumstances. Yeah. And he, he did end up being a positive influence, you know, on the other demon yeah. prisoners. And like, chose to fight his own way and not follow the system even if it killed him mm-hmm. um and when angel chooses not to kill the second demon he's fighting and then that demon chooses not to kill him mm-hmm. even though it would have been his 21st kill and he would have gone free yeah. it was amazing and then that you know the the crowd is chanting mm-hmm. you know killing blow killing blow and that demon stares up at them And just holds their eye until everyone in the auditorium shuts the fuck up. And it was almost like, here is this caged demon reminding these rabid fans about their own humanity. Mm -hmm. And it was a really powerful moment. Yeah, it really was. So, you know, I, I thought it, I was like, damn, that really was a good episode of angel
0: it is it's a really good episode from a narrative perspective it's a really great story like it's told mm-hmm. really well but i just it's never struck me as a particularly like um like great episode of angel like it doesn't it right. feels like this is a kind of story I mean, you know, swap out the demons, but like, this is the kind of thing that you can tell, you know, in a, in a lot yeah. of different circumstances. So I don't know, like it didn't, it didn't feel like an angel episode to me. It doesn't have the noir detective thing really going for it very much, you know, after the initial, you know, uh, looking for the missing brother and then, yeah, and then all that's that. true. So but yeah, I, I don't think, know,
1: like, only in the context of greater knowledge of the show, right, but the episode, it's a good episode of right, television but the episode by itself. Yeah. No, but I would say if you are going to watch all five episodes, you do need to come back and watch this. one. Yeah, no, I think I think
0: I think so. I think it's a really good. It's a good episode to watch. I don't think there's a lot that happens here that makes it worthy of being a watcher, but it's a good episode. Mm -mm. So yeah, it is. Let's get to our moments of perfect happiness, of which we have a lot because it really is a good episode. First of all, Demons, 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 the website. This is when it shows up. (laughs) I love was, demons, 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 <laughs> demons, demons. dot
1: com. <laughs> and when when Cordy said, "Why isn't Wolfram and Hart in there?" Right? <laughs> that was so great. <laughs> oh my god! It I know was so good. it was
0: really, it was really, really fun. And you know, and she and Wesley and
1: Wesley like, "Oh, here, and I can look it up in a book." And she's like, "Got it," you know. Yeah, <laughs> it was really cute. <laughs> it was really cute, and um. And I really liked when there's this kind of quiet moment mm-hmm. before the fighting yeah. in the fight club when Angel like one of the bully demons slaves steals another one's food mm-hmm. and Angel's like, give that back. Yeah. And and just stares him down and like quiet angel you know, quiet, angry, steely Angel still has no time for bullies. Yeah. And I just love that. Yeah, And then, you know, Wesley, like, I think this is the first time we really see Wesley step up Uh, his fighting badass side. Yeah. And when he's like, where is my employer? Oh. Like, he's he's tough and he's not scared. And you can see, like,
0: a little bit of Wesley's darkness, too. Yeah. I mean, first of all, comes in with a crossbow, right? Nails the guy in the (laughs) hand gets the gun holds it on the other guys lets the guy go who was like there's so many things going on but then that torment like taking the uh, crossbow that's in his hand and like twisting Mm -hmm. it
1: like there is a darkness to wesley which i kind of (laughs) liked i did too because it's it was almost like shit got real yeah and wesley's like okay Angel is actually genuinely trash. Yes.
0: Mm-hmm. No,
1: we have no time for politeness or gentility and we have no time for goofiness and God damn it. I'm going to get this done. Yeah. And yeah, mm-hmm.
0: I, <laughs> I like it. Good to watch. I like me I some like badass
1: it. Wesley. That's my favorite
0: mm-hmm. flavor of Wesley. Well, more favorite flavors to come, but so far, that's my favorite <laughs> flavor of Wesley. Um, also, and I have to say, Lila Morgan, L- baby. L- L- we're not yes. gonna spoil much in this in this discussion on Still Dead. We are trying to stay within our parameters of just what of Angel you know we've seen up to this point. Um, but I will say that that Lila, the uh, Wolferman heart, you know, femme fatale, uh, is
1: somebody we're gonna see again. <laughs> this is up the last
0: a, we'll see of Lila. Would Morgan. it be a
1: spoiler if I said that Lila should be an evil queen in a dark fairy tale kingdom? No, I think that's okay. Okay. I think because I would that. very much like that. Yes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> she is fantastic. Stephanie Romanov is fantastic. I love her. I love her coldness and her kind of oiliness. And yet, and, and here's the thing, like, Lila, we have for like a few seconds, right? Completely believe her. She's a total villain. She's a complete bitch, yes. right? We love her. And Kate, yes. who we've had all this time with, we just had all this vulnerability from her. We have no time for it.
1: Okay, head cannon, yes. bonus clip at the end of this episode: Lila and Kate in that ring. Oh
0: man, <laughs> Kate wouldn't last for a at half a seconds. second. Lila, Lila would, would snap take her, down so her fast. neck in a second. <laughs> there is no competition. Lila is badass, <sighs> and I absolutely—I mean, she's completely evil, but I oh, really yeah. love her. I love, I love her. her. Um, I also love the moment with Cordelia where they're type- we're putting the demon descriptions into the database. And she's like, add a portion hair plugs. And I've dated this guy a lot. <laughs> <laughs> dated this guy a lot. <laughs> it's like bald, pale, high-pitched voice. And she's like, I've dated that guy a lot. <laughs> so I really, I love that. Um, I love that we have Angel speaking so many languages, right? He he wakes yeah. up after being knocked out. He's in this, you know, uh, cage with this other guy and he starts speaking to him in all of these different languages. I love when we see Angel's education, his culture, yeah. his history, like everything he knows. I love those elements of him. It's so great.
1: It is great. It really is great. mm mm-hmm. Yeah, he could he could read poetry to the demons, and then maybe I could watch the jail scene a little longer. Oh,
0: sure, a little (laughs) poetry from Angel. Those demons would be a (laughs) swooning. I love I love our, you know, our act one turn is when, you know, they find out that um, that Jack, you know, was hadn't been kidnapped and they grab him. Mm -hmm. And then the act two turn when Darren shoots his own brother, I think, is really nice. And we keep escalating this story. You know, when we put Angel up against Trepkos and it's Trepkos 21st kill, like you're building all this stuff. And Howard Gordon knows how to tell a damn story. I mean, oh, I'm yeah. going gonna, gonna to give him that. He knows how to tell yep. a damn story. This is beautifully structured and so nice. It and is. I love all of that. And I love, with my whole heart, Wesley and Cordelia working together to save Angel. I love mm-hmm. how they, they have, you know, strengths and capabilities that complement each other. Um, I think it's really wonderful. I love how well they work together.
1: I do too. And when they pretend to be cops oh, yeah. and confiscate those fight tickets. Cordy's like, that is so great. I and know. Cordy's resourcefulness and Wesley's intelligence mm-hmm. is so fantastic. But if they don't stop bickering like brother and sister, I'm gonna smack them. No, that's in my stake, this. We're gonna we're gonna get there.
0: But yeah, so I but what we get in here though, you know, once we get past the stupid bickering, um, is really great. You know, and, and how well they work together, you know. Although mm-hmm. even when she's getting the ticket it's, you know she starts mocking him because of the way
1: he <laughs> him. yeah and i but mean like, it's, but know. then it was it, when he's like, I could figure it out if I had one of those cuffs. Well, she's already three yeah, steps ahead of him. She Girl gone. has already stolen I one, know. and she's like, here you go. I think like, it was
0: know. great. I know, it and I great. love, I love when they go into the place, and he's like, these Octavian matches go back to the Roman Empire. Like off the top of his head, he's pulling this information out. He goes, I'd heard rumors of a revival, and she says, couldn't they have just done West Side Story? <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love when they make Cordy smart, like every now and again, you know, they make her play dumb and it doesn't fit. But like this, she's right there with him. You know, she's making wise ass cracks. She, of course, knows West Side Story, you know. I mean, it's yep. just it's really good. So I, I love seeing yeah. that together. It's it's very fun. And them working together to open the cuff and he's trying to figure everything out. And he's, of course, getting constantly electrocuted. And then she pulls <laughs> out the horse hair which I think is fantastic. So, like, there's so much of them, you know, working together, which is so fantastic, you know, and and I really like that. And also, I mean, it's wonderful when Cordy knocks Darren into the ring, right? Mm -hmm. Which is fantastic. So, like, all of it, they're so good. They're so competent. They work together so well, and it's really wonderful. Um, I even love the moment where Darren shoots Jack, it's so cold yeah. and yet, well, of course, like he doesn't care, right. you know, and I think that that's really wonderful. Um, and then, of course, you know, we get Lila, right? Lila mm-hmm. having Angel brought to her, ready to make a deal, working things out with, you know, through Wolfram and Hart, trying to get Angel to be corrupt, right? Because that's noir storytelling, right? Lila is right. your femme fatale. She's trying to tempt mm-hmm. Angel into corruption. You know, and Angel's like, nah, I'm going back, you know, and he decides to go back into the ring, which I think is really cool. I
1: did too. And I really love how she, she's so collected Mm -hmm. and she's so cool. And, and she also is, is very classy. Yeah. You know, this is a woman who sets her scene, Mm -hmm. like Angel doesn't wake up tied to the couch. You know, girl is sitting there with her legs crossed and a glass of champagne, just chilling. And I love it. And when Angel turns down her deal, mm-hmm. you know, they're very close. Yeah. It's like this, I'm not afraid of invading your personal space. I'm gonna get right in your face. And he says, Thanks for the champagne. Yeah. And like he is so steely and so no nonsense. Mm-hmm. And it's just fantastic. Yeah. And she doesn't blink. Yeah. She's like, All right, bye. <laughs> All right. Bye, Felicia. <laughs>
0: Yeah. <laughs> this ain't gonna work like, I'll try
1: something else but either way
0: I'm gonna win because right. I'm with Ruffman Hart exactly. and I'm evil yeah I know it's so so great and I love like all the demons coming together at the end you know and respecting mm-hmm. each other and that like it was a good fight to Angel you know and it's like yeah. and they were both like we're warriors we can respect that it was a good fight you know and I kind of right. I kind of yeah. liked that moment you know, which I thought I was did really too. great. You know, I did too. Um, yeah, no, it's it's really really good. And then of course at the end, our final moment, right? We set the captives free, and they're like, "Well, actually, didn't we just set a bunch of demons free?" And the demons are all going off into the night. We're like, "Hopefully <laughs> they won't cause any problems." But yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah, that was so great. Like, oops. Yes, <laughs> it was. It was so good. <laughs> it was. It a was a really like, good episode. It was good. And if you can make me care this much yeah. about a story that has those many elements that I hate, yeah. you are a damn good writer. Yeah,
0: No, it's a really great episode. All right. But even in a great episode, there are staky things, <laughs> things that we mm-hmm. would like to stake. One of which, of course, we've already mentioned, which is Wesley and Cordelia, you know, bickering, whatever. Yeah, You know, we hate that. Um, but what else? Do you have anything else you wanted to stake in this?
1: I only had one other thing, yeah. Um, the sibling rivalry and the finger in a box. Yes, like, ugh, I don't want to see any body part cut off and put in a box <laughs> like and also just in general find, i'd like to request I mean, no body parts no more like no but if that happens you don't put the finger in a ring box you put it on ice so if you find your brother it can get sewn back on <laughs> like just I don't want to see it. I don't want to think about it. Right. You should have a cooler, not a ring box. Yes. Have a cooler that you put it in and like, yeah. Yes. Yeah. So I want to stake bickering and dismemberment. Okay. But other than that, sure. I, I think it was a great episode. It was so a really good. What about great you? Episode. Well, I
0: had one more thing that I would stake because there's the moment when Wesley has Darren at gunpoint, and Darren's like, mm-hmm. "Go ahead," you know, like all badass and what. I'm like, "No, no, guys like that are cowards. Guys like that, as soon as you point a gun at them, they wet themselves. Like that's what Darren should have <laughs> finished up. He should have finished wetting himself, and then Cordy throws him in the ring." <laughs> <laughs> So I didn't particularly believe that, but I thought it was, you know, I, I, it was the really the only thing. There wasn't very much mm-hmm. here that I wanted to stake. So what did, got you into like research mode for this? What What were the
1: questions that you wanted to answer? So, oddly enough, mm-hmm. <laughs> I still can't believe I'm going to say this. Um, It's the Bible uh-huh. <laughs> that got me into research mode this time uh-huh. because we get two very specific religious references here. We have Angel literally turning the other cheek yeah. in the ring, mm-hmm. like with being willing to be beaten to death mm-hmm. instead of fighting back. And one of the bad guys asked Angel if he thinks he's Moses. Uh-huh. So we have this idea of sacrifice and you know saving these people mm-hmm.
0: and leading, right? The Moses role is the leadership.
1: Right. And leading them out of the yeah. right, out of the prison. Mm-hmm. So that was two, which is an echo, yeah. right? But then we get a third. Mm-hmm. So Lila buys Angel mm-hmm. and tempts him with what he calls a pack with the devil. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of compromise, and she gives um, she gives him the opportunity to make a lot of money mm-hmm. and maybe you know do a little shadow business and cut a few corners and not to mention not go back to the demon brother. Right. Mm-hmm. An angel gives her a hard no, yeah, without a second's hesitation. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the moral question in that moment was crystal clear to Angel. Yeah. And so, like, I saw that as, you know, three sort of religious references that are kind of establishing a pattern there. But it's really interesting to see Angel's initial response to the wheelings and dealings of Wolfram and Hart as we're going to get to know them as a character Mm -hmm. in the show.
0: Yeah. And I mean, Angel is never tempted. Like, not for a moment. He's never, he's so far beyond that in his existence at this point, you know, that he has this very strong, you know, sense of, of, he has a, like a strong moral compass, you yeah. know, nothing tempts him. So mm-hmm. yeah, I, I I liked that. I liked that a lot. And it's interesting. I hadn't really seen like these, these, you know, biblical reflections, but of course, you know, <laughs> now that you pointed out... <laughs>
1: Well, you don't have the experience of being raised in a crazy ass cult right. like I did, so like I don't have the knowledge to explain uh-huh. it, but I can recognize you it when see I it, see it. Right? You see it when it's there.
0: No, absolutely. Right? Yeah, it's interesting because Angel really does kind of have this very saintly, you know, kind of thing. Like he's he's there. Mm-hmm. He's defending the you know the the guy against the bullies. He's you know refusing. He kills the first guy, you know. But right. I mean, that seems almost as much accident. Is it like he has the knife and it's just, you yeah. know, um, but yeah, but refuses to kill. The second guy you know when they're in the middle of mm-hmm. that fight and everything yeah it's it's you know it's really neat i hadn't i hadn't think i hadn't seen angels like a jesus figure you know but uh but yeah well jesus
1: or moses yeah. but but you have the idea of sacrifice savior yeah. and, turning well, and resisting temptation. the temptation with the devil yeah, yeah. all of that yeah no, that's interesting so it was it was really interesting all right kelly so give us our one to brood on what do we got here so i think the ring turned out to be a really damn good episode Um, We see Angel's moral lines and inner strength. We see Cordy's resourcefulness and Wesley's badassery. We meet the one and only Lila Morgan. Yeah. And while this episode isn't necessarily integral to the overall Angel storyline, after this rewatch I might call it a watcher. Um, Maybe not a watcher, but but watch her light. like <laughs> Yeah. Um, because it made me care deeply about things I wouldn't have initially cared about. And in the context of the larger story, it's got me asking questions that I can't ask until we get further along. But I, I was really surprised how much I got out of watching this.
0: Yeah, it's a really good episode. And I definitely would recommend watching it for a good episode of television. Yeah. But it doesn't, aside from introducing Lila, it doesn't. Do much of anything for the grander, you know, Except story for one art. very
1: important thing that I can't say because of spoilers. All right. <laughs> 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 but
0: overall i it's definitely worth watching i think it's it's you know but it's it's not something that is essential like if you miss the ring you're not going to be like what later on so i mean and that's kind of like how i'm defining the watchers like you know so it's one of those things but it it is a good episode of television and of course that will bring us into eternity In Eternity, an aging starlet hires Angel to protect her against a stalker, and despite his reservations, he takes the case. When she discovers he's a vampire, she wants to become an actress who never ages. She gets info from Cordelia on how one becomes a vampire, then invites Angel over to drink champagne and doses his drink with a powerful tranquilizer to give him a moment of perfect happiness, which turns him temporarily into Angelus. Wesley and Cordy face down Angelus and save the day, knocking him out and then chaining him to the bed until he returns to his regular broody hero form.
1: Eternity aired on April 4th, 2000. It was directed by Regis B. Kimball, who only directed this one episode of Angel, and written by Tracy Stern, who also wrote The Bachelor Party.
0: All right, so Eternity. I I don't really care much about this episode. I've never cared much about this episode, but I've got some moments of perfect happiness. There's a couple of things in here that I really liked. Um, one of them is the irony open with uh trying to escape from Cordelia's play where we see yes. this, you know, close up of of uh Angel and Wesley. How do we get out of here? We can't escape. It's locked, you know. And then we find out <laughs> that of course they're they're at the play. And then that moment where Angel says and I thought I knew eternity. <laughs> you know? And Cordelia so bad and that whole thing you know and then afterwards she's trying to ask them what they thought and they are very you know um, diplomatically trying to kind of dodge those questions um, and then she starts she sees Rebecca Lowell the famous actress and then talks about the show getting cancelled and <laughs> she says I was going to pick at them but I didn't have any comfortable shoes <laughs> <laughs> which I just I love Cordy Cordy is really really fun um, and then of course we have the moment where you know a little bit later on in the episode they're talking about Rebecca Lowell and her kind of you know appeal to Angel um, and Angel you know not wanting to take the case because he's afraid he'll have sex with her or something I don't even know that that felt a little a little weak to me but Wesley finally says Angel's moment of true happiness occurred because he was with Buffy do you know how rare that is true happiness and I'm like, like. Like, thank you, Wesley, for putting it in the text. It is not about just having sex. Right. It's about sex with the person who you love
1: more than anything in the world. Like that's the moment of true happiness. So um if they could even substitute the word from true Mm -hmm. happiness to maybe true love. Yeah. But I still don't like that either because you can't help how you feel. Right. So if he felt true love, he would become evil, and that is just stupid. It's just a seriously flawed curse. But it It is is. not a curse about sex.
0: (laughs) No, it is not a curse about sex. And finally, we have textual acknowledgement of that because it's
1: really annoying all of these
0: jokes about Angel can't have sex. Angel can totally have sex. Yeah.
1: Yes, and I hope he does, and I hope yes. that they show it on the show. Um, <laughs> I loved Cordy figuring out that Rebecca wanted Angel to turn her into a vampire, mm-hmm. and her explanation to Wesley was hilarious. And mm. Cordy explaining should be a thing. I like, know. <laughs> I want that so bad. Yeah, she's fantastic. Um, then when when Angel is is over at Rebecca's, you know, drinking the champagne and getting all cozy. Um, Rebecca said, Cordelia said, You saved the world. Mm-hmm. And Angel says, A couple times. I helped, but I almost had it sucked into hell once, too.
0: It's <laughs> <laughs> like, Oh my God. Yeah, Angel trying to tell the story. You know, of his history with Apocalypse. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> like, I helped. But, you know, I almost destroyed
0: the place, too. I know. It's... And I love I love David Boreanaz when he does yes. Broken Angel.
1: When He's we see so Angel good. in a different context, it's always so much fun. Right. I love it. Well, and I loved that, too, because you had, like, first you had relaxed Angel, mm-hmm. which was interesting. Yeah. And then you had this this gray area. Yeah. Between Angel and Angelus. Right. He's realizing what she wants. He has this very hard edge to him where he's yeah. like, come here. You mm-hmm. know, grabbing her and dragging her to the refrigerator and like right. forcing that blood on her mm-hmm. to try to show her the real horror of what she's asking for. Yeah. Um, because he has no patience with that kind of foolishness. And yeah, and right. there was something about being in that middle space between those two states that yeah. I thought was really appealing, you know.
0: Yeah, it was this nice kind of slow move into this darker space.
1: Yeah, and it was it's
0: really, really fun.
1: And David Boreanaz as Angelus is just freaking fantastic.
0: I oh, my love God. when he's Angelus. When he's I Angelus, he is
1: so good. He is so good, and he's, you know, when he when he tells Rebecca, "Remind me to get the name of your dealer before I kill you." <laughs> like, yeah that is so <laughs> Angelus like, no it was, it's so great
0: and it David was Moana's so great. pulling off I mean his acting yeah how, he doesn't get a lot of credit for how good he is you know because a lot of the stuff that he does is really understated but mm-hmm. when he gets to you know no pun intended like vamp it up you know as Angelus <laughs> right um, he's, he's so good and he plays all of these you know like different gradations you know within this character along this spectrum of what he can be you mm-hmm. know and uh and it's so interesting and there's so like you could see i mean you know in the in the earlier episode with liam even when yeah. he was liam he was different you right. know and you could see how he was different you know but there is a hint of angelus in liam oh yeah you know and, and, and there's yeah. a
1: hint of angel too when you see yeah. him with his sister
0: yeah no absolutely like it's just it's really good and it's so much fun i mean i you know as as we'll talk about a little bit later i'm not a big fan of this whole oh you know he gets drugged and he turns into a jealous thing it's whatever um but (laughs) but i i love any excuse to see him be and jealous so that's always really really fun um you know and i love that moment with cordy where yeah. he's, you know, she's holding the water and she's like, you don't think that I've been waiting for this, that I don't think about this all the time. You know, mm-hmm. Father Mackey comes in and blesses the water twice a week. You know, it's just so fantastic. in that moment where she says, I think about this happening every single day.
1: Yeah. You know, yeah. and she convinces him. It's so good. It's so good. She is pragmatic and resourceful and smart. Yeah. And yeah. she relies on herself. Yeah. You know, like she it was so good. And her ability to stand up to her when he was, you mm-hmm. know, criticizing her acting, he's like, Yeah, I mean, I've been to hell and that was so much worse.
0: Right. Cordy
1: is like, I'm about to show you who can act, you know? Mm-hmm. And she bluffs him and she's like, and the Oscar goes to? And yeah. like patting herself on the back. Um and she called his basement the Bat Cave. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it was so great. Right, Batman
0: is textual like they are going for a Batman thing his car has that Batmobile feel like they're definitely going for a Batman thing
1: oh yeah absolutely yeah
0: Yeah. and I love this with Wesley you know like at the end where he says you walk a fine line Angel I don't envy you like and Wesley's ability to forgive Mm -hmm. you know so immediately especially because the stuff that you know Angel said to Wesley wasn't true anyway we're gonna get to that and stake this But um, but I mean I just I love the the way that Wesley is just, you know, he's he he looks at the situation, he's not dwelling, he's not taking mm-hmm. it personally, he's just like, All right, let's just pick up and keep going.
1: Angel's yeah. no longer angelus, we can move on from this, you know? And and Angel's immediate response to that was Wesley, nice moves up there. Yeah. Like, and I really like that. And yeah. I liked Cordy. Kind of saying, hey, Angelus is not good company, but he's honest. Yeah. Like, don't tell me you enjoyed the play if you didn't, because Cordy right. values honesty. Yes. Um mm-hmm. but then she and Wes leave Angel tied up, and that cracked me up. I because know. You got he's like, You gotta tie and She goes, Yeah, nope. <laughs> <You got laughs> friendship and forgiveness and snark. Yes. <laughs> it oh, was God. great. It's
0: it's so great. I love that It was that. great. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so that brings us into the stake this part.
1: Yeah. So <laughs> this was funny because I, I actually made my notes on paper and then typed uh-huh. them into our notes here. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wait a second, everything on my list, Lonnie got. So oh, <laughs> you have everything in here but one, so I'm going to let you start. <laughs> All right, great. I'll go ahead and go through. Uh, first,
0: stop making Cordelia say. The one word that she says often, you know what it is. It starts with an R. It's very annoying. I'm not going to say it. Um, But uh, yeah, this is like the second time I think she said it. And it's not funny and i don't Mm -hmm. like it and they've got to stop making cordelia say that um and i mean i understand you know we can't be mad at something that was made in you know the year 2000 for not being made in 2018 you know and i know that there's been a greater sensitivity and it's a good thing that we are seeing in our culture a greater sensitivity to these kinds of you know dehumanizing words for people at the same time i'm still like they keep giving it to cordy and it bugs me
1: (laughs) it bugs me too i I do not like
0: it and there was also this moment that annoyed me from wesley right when angel is like oh i don't want to take her case and then he says wesley says he likes her he's afraid of getting close and i'm like seriously he met her like five minutes it makes more sense for it to be that her problem isn't supernatural the people with supernatural problems need him somebody else can handle it and he needs to be available for the demon-y stuff like that Makes sense, but this idea that like, no, I've met her, and now I'm afraid that I'm going to have sex with her, and then I'll be a moment of perfect happiness, and I'll turn into angels, and like, oh God,
1: shut up, yeah, <laughs> you know, like, yeah, and and yeah. they are they're saying he likes her when what they mean is he's attracted to her, right.
0: Yeah, no, I didn't, uh, I didn't care for that. And also, like, you know, here we are. We had um, Jira from She not too long ago with all Mm -hmm. that, like, hot and bothered stuff with Angel. And then now we've got, you know, him with this this other woman. It's like we got a new woman in every episode. And it feels very, like, you know, original Star Trek Captain Kirk for me. Like, you know, like, all of these is just everywhere we go, there's a new woman. And it's, you know, and they're interchangeable and they don't matter. And, like, why? You know, like, I find that
1: incredibly annoying yep me too and this time we have horrible behavior and no consequences for a woman who roofies a man yeah exactly it, taking away consent in any shape form or fashion is wrong and there should be consequences yeah there need to be i mean okay she did get beat up by angelus and almost killed well all right so
0: there's a little <laughs> bit of consequence there's there's a little bit of co- i mean. I think, she, I think she had a little consequence. Well, that's I true. I think she she perhaps learned a lesson. It might have been nice if something had happened to her face, which is her commodity,
1: right? Yeah. Well, I guess something. I'm trying to, to hold my standards the same, because the guys in Expecting got beat up, and that wasn't enough for me.
0: No, but yeah. Yeah, but what they did,
1: I yeah, think, that's like, Rufy and Angel
0: is, is that's bad. True but they you know like deliberately found women to knock them up and kill them with with demon sperm for like you know so i I think i think on a spectrum yeah i mean you're right like roofing somebody is not okay that was a terrible thing to do she should have consequence but i think she was beaten up and scared for her life so maybe you know like maybe there's some consequence okay you're right but you know (laughs) is it enough i don't know know. but you're right you're absolutely right it's not okay when men do it to women and it is not okay when women do it to men um but yeah a little more consequence for her could have been okay
1: you know like if she you know she just if her face got ruined and she couldn't work again you know and well then or that. or if it's just something as simple as a threat from regular angel make mm-hmm. one more movie and i'm coming back like yeah right something mm-hmm. that yeah it just and i guess i don't like violence as the consequence like i want there to be yeah to be real s-
0: consequence right yeah. something something lasting that would that's why if like he scarred her face right she's an actress she has a scar on her face she can't work anymore right you know, yeah. so if he scarred her face, that would ruin this career that she's been trying to, you know, That's that she true. was trying to get. Yeah, until she
1: goes and hires a plastic surgeon because she has money. I want people to learn their lessons. Like, I want... <laughs> <laughs> And I don't mean like in a punishment sense. I mean, in a, I have had a change of consciousness where I realized that taking away someone's free will yes. is wrong. An and an acknowledgement
0: like, of that. Yes. And but we what we get to see that, what we get instead is Cordelia saying, you slut.
1: Yeah, like that was not As good.
0: if they had had sex together, that would be the bad. Like, if she had gone down there, not drugged him, and they'd had sex together, and for stupid reasons of stupidity, which are not what the curse is, but whatever, <laughs> he had turned into Angelus, right? That would not make her bad. Drugging him makes her bad. Right. Sleeping with him would not make her a bad person. Right. <laughs> Especially because she didn't know about the curse. She just knew about how to become a vampire. That's it. She didn't right. know, you know. Yeah. So um, so had she slept with him, it would have been fine. But that was the presumption that, of course, Cordelia had. Calls her a slut. We've got slut shaming. Oh, Jesus. Let's just stop with yeah. that, you know. Let's <laughs> just um, stop. And then we have this moment, too, with Angelus, where he's like, what happened, Wes? Did you suddenly grow a pair? And I'm like, are you kidding me we've seen wesley be a badass so much by now and we've also seen him be like goofy and vulnerable at the same time so him being a badass on top of that goofiness like that is serious business like he has incredible amounts of courage you know so the idea that he would say oh did you finally grow a pair like yeah but oh, come I on think, that's
1: not gonna hit wesley No, I, I think what angelus does is he knows the pressure point Yeah. But but this also speaks to a theory I have in the research section. Mm -hmm. So we'll hold on to that. All right. We'll talk about that in a little bit then.
0: Um, And I think the last thing that I wanted to stake was uh, Cordy being mad at Angel. Like I, I can understand her being mad at him for lying to her and not telling her the truth about you know, about the, um, the play, like, and that I can understand her being upset about that. And I like that. I like that she preferred Angelus's honesty. But, you know, in the beginning of that scene, like she's mad at him
1: for being Angelus, you know, and like, that's not his fault. So my first thought on this was that she was really mad about him insulting her acting skills. But (laughs) no, she was mad about
0: him lying to her when he was angel. She, and And that's the thing, like being mad at angel for not respecting her enough to tell her the truth about what he thought about her acting, Mm -hmm. I think is, I can, I'm behind
1: that. I'm with Cordy on that. Being mad at him for turning into Angelus. Well, so here's what I thought too. At first it didn't make sense. And then I thought about it. And Mm -hmm. I think maybe there's a case to be made Mm -hmm. that Cordy, does think every day, what will she do if Angel turns? Yeah. She's prepared. Mm -hmm. And she has said she will kill him. Right. But having mental awareness and even having that resolve Mm -hmm. is very different than feeling the emotional reality of it. Oh, yeah. And in this moment, she has to actually feel what it would have felt like if they had had to put Angelus down. Yeah. And so I think it's kind of like, you know, the first time your kid runs away from you in a parking lot. Yeah. And at first you're terrified and then you're so mad. Right. You're not really mad at the kid for running. Mm-hmm. Because kids run. Right. You know, you're having a reaction to that real fear right. that you felt. And I yeah. think that's actually what she's doing here. Okay. Um, but I don't know that she realizes that that's what she's feeling.
0: No, I think that's I think that's something. I can I can see that. I can definitely see that. All right. So what's your research mode? What do you got in research mode?
1: Okay. So this is the second episode now that we've seen that involves either supernatural drugs or Mm -hmm. a chemical reaction, you know, in a supernatural being. Mm -hmm. And Wesley's trying to explain this to Angelus. And he says, all that you're feeling is just chemical suggestion. Yeah. But when the emotional center of the brain is engaged deeply enough we cannot differentiate right mm-hmm. you know that's why fiction gives us experiential empathy and why we feel the story mm-hmm. and why if you're if you're trapped in a strong emotion not only does it feel absolutely real it also feels like it will last forever because yeah you can't imagine feeling differently because it is your reality. Like it Mm -hmm. is that strong. So in chemical terms, Angel thought he was Angelus, but I think there was a line because Mm -hmm. Angelus hits harder than that. Like emotionally and physically. So he played with Rebecca and he bit her and he hit her, but he didn't drink her dry. He didn't Mm -hmm. kill her right away. He threw Wesley across the room and hurt him, but he didn't reach over and just snap his neck. Mm -hmm. and he did the evil bad guy banter thing with Cordy, but he didn't kill her either, and he could have. Mm -hmm. Like, there was opportunity there to just kill them all, go out in the street, and start having fun. Yeah. And so I think Angel was still in there, and and, and instead of the usual Angel resisting Angelus, you know, where one is Mm -hmm. dominant over the other, it was kind of a reversal. Uh So there was enough of it coming through for his inhibitions to be lowered. Mm Mm-hmm. But I I saw a line there. Yeah. Like Angelus was pulling his punches.
0: Yeah. This whole thing doesn't make any sense to me. All right. Mm -hmm. Because it is not the moment of happiness that makes him Angelus. It is the loss of his soul as the result of the moment of happiness. Right. So he had this chemically induced bliss. Right. You know. Um But he didn't lose his soul because of it. So the second half of that didn't happen. So, I mean, I think you're right. Like, but it still doesn't make any sense to me. This wasn't
1: about losing his soul because Angelus is still in there. It's about the the ability to hold the balance. Yes, it's it's about that resisting temptation, fighting that demon. When his inhibitions were lowered that much, Mm -hmm. all those things that really are still fun for him came out. And that has nothing to do with the soul. Like if a human being was on drugs and did something terrible and then got sober, the consequences are still the same. Mm-hmm. And that would have been the case here, um, and and it would have been cruel and terrible because he didn't choose to take this drug. Yeah. But I don't think we're we're seeing Angelus in terms of soul and no soul. I think we're seeing Angelus in terms of personality with all of the inhibitions lowered. hmm which is why angel keeps such tight control of himself all the time yeah i mean
0: i think that that's as close to an explanation that i can but it just still doesn't it still doesn't quite work for me i've never yeah. really liked that turn cuz i always felt like it was a bit it was a bit too much i don't feel like that guy is that close to the surface in angel you know oh i guess i do yeah i haven't i haven't felt like he was um but i also didn't understand you know, Rebecca Lowell's whole thing here. Like, she wants to stay young forever, right? So that she can be an actress forever. But she's already over the hill at, like, what, 29, you know? Yeah. So (laughs) she's already not getting parts. It's not like being a vampire is going to make her younger, not to mention the fact that, like... I don't know, like, there's only so long that she can do that before somebody figures there's a picture of, you know, a, a Dorian Gray in her attic or whatever, <laughs> you know. Um, but I mean, also, like, if she's a vampire, she won't be able to shoot in the daytime. So no daytime shooting that kind of shuts out some of her opportunities. There's no mirror reflection, um, you know, which is going to kind of give her away to any makeup artist, Like, I don't know. None of it made any sense. What did she think she was going to make happen here aside from that she was going to stay young? But I don't know, like it just it was it was so stupid. And I yeah. have never never cared for this episode very much and every time I watch it I'm just like, I don't know. I mean, I love seeing David Boriana's you know vamp up as angelus yeah. that's always a wonderful thing so it was just for that alone it was fun mm-hmm. but yeah. you know overall when we get to the brooding here the one to brood on it's not a great episode and there's nothing here that has any bearing on the greatest story you can skip this and never miss a beat you know for the rest of of angels so you know i feel pretty strongly this is a fairly solid oh, yeah. skipper you i know? agree
1: with you completely yeah
0: all right. So that brings us to the end of our discussion and the beginning of what's your favorite part. So, Kelly, what's your favorite part?
1: Darla. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Just Darla, Darla, Darla.
0: Darla, Darla, Darla. Yeah, she is a yeah. lot of
1: fun. It is really fun to see she her. She is pretty fantastic. So, yeah. yeah. And, and or maybe Darla and Lila. But yeah, Darla is yeah. stolen my heart big time. And yeah. I loved seeing her.
0: Yeah, no, she's a lot of fun. And Julie Benz is fantastic.
1: She is. So what about you? What was your favorite part? Oh,
0: God. Wesley being a badass. I love Wesley. (laughs) I have got the biggest crush on Wesley. I just, Wesley Wyndham Price is my guy. Like,
1: (laughs) I love it. And I do too, but he's not... um... He's not dark enough for me yet. Yeah. <laughs> I see go. that darkness. I see that when yeah, he was it's, taking it's, the
0: the crossbow, you know, yeah. a bolt and moving it inside the guy's hand. There's some darkness in Wesley. There
1: is, but it, it's
0: not, not dark twice, enough for you Not yet. yet.
1: Not yet. We're getting there, <laughs> but not yet. <laughs> and with that, <laughs> to join in the discussion on Twitter, follow Lonnie at Lonnie Diane Rich and me at Dr. Kelly Jones and use the hashtag still dead. For more in-depth discussion, visit the Chipperish Forums. Go to chippers.com, click on Forums, and join in on the fun. Or you can support Chipper's Media to the tune of $1 a month or more
0: and gain access to the live chat in Discord, where you can hang out with me and Kelly and all the Chippers patrons who were going to pick a Fox for Cancelling Angel, but they didn't have any comfortable shoes. Visit Patreon.com slash to find out more.
1: You can also show your support for Still Dad by going to Apple Podcasts and giving us a review. That's one of the most effective ways to show support for your favorite podcast. Or you can use your social media platform of choice to tell your friends. Word of mouth is a powerful thing.
0: Yes, it is. And thank you to everyone who has done all of those things. It really does help. We are off next week for Chipperish Staff Development, but we will be back on July 10th with 5 by 5 and Sanctuary Episodes 18 and 19 of Season 1. And both of are watchers
1: because faith Yay. oh god these are so
0: great i know and i cannot wait to have that discussion so until then our lives sound pretty when the stars are out but we forget every promise we've made when the sun comes up again
1: in this angel episode that inspire ragnarok's grandmaster in the gladiator fighting prison angel is hired wait, by wait, a man wait. named Dar- oh. The Ragnarok was the
0: gladiator fighting prison was inspired by this episode? I was joking. Oh, okay. I was like, wait
1: a minute. <laughs> that that this is, is information is completely new to me. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I better say that it's a joke. <laughs> you're like what it did like, i should wait. have totally messed with you and been like yes so- josh Unruh showed me the comic I'm and then gonna- it connected to and, this other comic and i would
0: believe you even though like those <laughs> comics are 60 years old and this is you know
1: 15 years old anyway. oh my god i've got to tell josh that is so damn funny i'm like wait a minute <laughs> God. Oh God! Right. I'm I sorry. I'm obviously that tired.
0: Joking. You are going to be able to get anything past me tonight. Just go ahead and you know. I
1: yeah. love this so much. <laughs> Still dead listeners. Did you know? <laughs> did you know? Wait for the crossover episode but with listen up holes because we are going to talk about We're this. Talk about <laughs> Thor's Ragnarok. <laughs> <laughs> did you know? You know what?
0: It would be so funny though if you'd let me believe that because in the next when we got to Thor Ragnarok, I would be like Joshua Unruh. I know. Something you don't know. This was inspired by an episode of Angel, and Kelly would be laughing her ass off. One of those so oh But
1: long I would never form. do that to you. So, and also, if it was true, I would have a citation. But you
0: would have a citation. <laughs> Cite your no sources, Jones. here.